it and then I'll just we'll just riff on it you know just go along with it if you like so it's called Faith Mind which should give you an idea of something already Big M hmm? Big M Big M yeah Faith Mind if you have faith in small M you're going to be in tons of anxiety <laughs> that's the dilemma yeah we have faith in small mind if you want to call it that and that faith is the source of energy for anxiety to be produced yeah if you didn't have faith in the thoughts that you're having yesterday and tomorrow wouldn't have so much sway in your life yeah they're just thoughts but our faith in those thoughts that there was a yesterday and there's going to be tomorrow and not just that let's say there will be a, there, let's just say there was a yesterday and there's going to be a tomorrow but the ideas about them are also in the download so when you think about yesterday you have a lot of ideas around that and when you think about tomorrow there's a lot of ideas a lot of old ideas yeah and they filter they paint the day they paint today with the, the colors of yesterday and tomorrow that you attributed to yesterday and tomorrow they're not even probably going to be the colors that are going to appear in tomorrow or they probably didn't even appear in yesterday but you're going to attribute those colors and they're going to tint the picture you're in now yeah, that's what happens and what allows that to happen is faith in small mind yeah. you have faith in the thoughts you have a faith that you're a action figure that you were here that you're going to be here and therefore you're incredibly worthy of being worried about you know and thought about quite a lot and that thinking is your main tool to navigate this place forget about intuition forget about like in- inherent wisdom no thoughts you know my thoughts are going to tell me about you they're going to tell me about me they're going to tell me about Mitch they're going to tell me about yesterday they're going to tell me about tomorrow and if i have faith in those thoughts i'll navigate this life to the best of my ability and a lot of good things will probably come my way yeah and if a lot of good things come my way there'll be a trickle down effect and then you'll feel happy because i've had <laughs> you have to see the basis is totally insane so here he goes he goes the great way and that's the dao you know he's a, he's a mixture of dao and zen so the great way is a, is an expression in an old philosophy or way of life called Taoism yeah where they would want to they would read the way things are by how everything flows and sort of fit themselves around that instead of trying to fit how everything flows around to their old ideas yeah so they lived the Tao so he says the great way is not difficult beautiful statement the great way is not difficult for those who for those not attached to preferences Yeah. So here's the here's the the requirement. The great way is not difficult, will not be difficult. But for those not attached to preferences. But if there's an attachment to preferences, then the great will way will not will will be difficult. Yeah? You see? Do you see your role in it? He's making a statement. The great way is not difficult. Yeah? That's basically a fact about it. But if you hold on to your old ideas your preferences your opinions it will be difficult so where's do you see the role the role isn't he's not putting the emphasis on the great way he says hey the great way is not difficult yeah but he's putting the emphasis on the supposed one who's on the great way yeah so when neither love nor hate arises all is clear and undisguised So obviously the opposite would be when love and hate arises 
all is not clear and is disguised. Now, who's who's the participant in the disguise and the not clarity? Yeah, yeah. It's the mind as we seem to have it right now, or the the mind as we seem to uh, ex- uh, sense it or experience it. If that mind is in a certain condition where love and hate seem like in a dualistic state, yeah, which is what love and hate is representing, is duality, mental duality. Yeah? So there's love and then there's hate. You can't have one one without the other. But if there's so, let's say you can't get out of the love and hate, but maybe you can see that you're not the one who's in the love and hate, that would be the back door out of duality. Not by trying to vanquish, oh, I never in any, I never feel love, I never feel hate. Forget about that, it will never work. But that you're not the one who feels the love and the hate, yeah? You're not the one who is interpreting life from that view of love and hate. This is like the back door out, because sometimes when I first heard this, I figured, well, Jesus, if love and hate arises, I'm disqualified from the great way. You know what I mean? And, of course, so I'm going to work at only feeling, like, what can I feel? Indifference? Benign indifference? And then that was a lot of efforting and work where it didn't work. It's so like in recovery where I'd wake up and go, all right, I'm not going to have a resentment today. And at 8.35 a.m. I had a resentment, you know, because I am powerless. So I am powerless over what's arising or being interpreted as love and hate. But I'm not powerless at the idea of who is that? Who is that? who feels he's seeing or having a love and hate. If I'm not that, then I get relief from the dualistic experience or the dualistic interpretation. Yeah? Not by trying to fight the dualistic interpretation and trying to make it the great way, but by realizing I'm not that which, is in, which feels the love or the hate. There's just love and hate arising, or what we call love and hate, you know what I mean? Let's say aversion and desire or attraction. So those are arising. Where does it say that it's arising to a you? Where does life finally say, hey, it's all about you, brother? Does he, you know? It's not that way. The trees don't see it that way. Cats don't see it that way. Obviously, it's all about them. You know, we come up with this self-centered point of view that it's all about us. So we don't see life as happening, which is seeing the great way. You'll see the great way demonstrated in life is happening, but you will not see the great way when life is happening to you. Yeah? When there's an interpretation of life happening as if it's happening to you, then the distortion and the unclarity arises. Yeah? Based on what? On the, on the condition of the great way or on your condition? On seemingly your condition. Yeah? In other words, the light's there, but you and I play this incredible role. We can be like a five-cent cent paper shade that can block off the light if we're in a mental room called self-centeredness. Yeah? Because the light seems to be out of it, and we want to try to get the light into it on our own terms, instead of realizing I'm not in the room, and then I'm in the light. Yeah? Just like here, right now, because of our position as a body, it seems like these clouds can block us off from the sun, so your condition's changing. When the sun starts coming out, you'll get warm, you'll have to take off some of your duds. When this, Thank God this isn't Alaska, man. <laughs> Let's see our reactions there. We're in freaking Marin, and you've got freaking $300 down jackets on, and it's, it's, like, it's going to be balmy, you know? So, but yeah, so now the clouds are coming by, blocking the sun, and the experience is, I'm cold, yeah? 
I'm windy. And then you go, why did we have the meaning in here? It just riffs on that idea, that, that sense of I'm cold. Yeah? Now the sun comes out and that goes, gets blown away by the light. Yeah? The sun just dismisses that whole story. Now you're taking your shit off. Yeah? Five minutes ago, you were this, I'm cold, now you're off. So from this position, it, our condition is determined on the clouds, basically. Not on the sun. The sun's there, but something can block the sun. And when it's blocked, we're cold. We're uncomfortable. We don't like it this way. We start getting agitated. We start looking, start seeking for warmth or whatever. Yeah. And then all that becomes the dominant theme. And yet as soon as the light shows up, that gets dismissed. And now you're chilled out again. Yeah. So we're determined on the condition, not of the sun, because that's a given, but the clouds. The clouds have the power to affect us. Yeah? The clouds can come by the sun, and now we feel like we're cut off from the sun. But it's not so. Yes? If you were so located here as the body, maybe you'd find yourself as being on the other side of the clouds, on the sun side, You'd still see the clouds, but from a different perspective. From this perspective, the clouds don't have the ability to block you off from the sun, yeah? Because you're not, you're not in this relationship with clouds as clouds are the middle man or the middle woman between me and the sun, yeah? And they're very fickle. Some days I plan, I read this, the, uh, the weather report, now as clouds going to be in the sky, I, I gear up just for that, and then there's just one cloud comes, and seems to stop wherever the sun is in my day, and I'm cold and this and that, yeah? But is it the, it's our position that sets us up for that condition, isn't it? If we weren't in the body, then the clouds wouldn't be able to block us off from the sun. And we probably wouldn't even need heat in the, without the body, you know? But because of this condition, which is the primary one we find ourselves in, we're in a mental condition. Not a being condition. The being condition is there, just like the sun is there, while the clouds are going on, and when the clouds aren't going on, the sun is always going on. That's the being condition, and we are that, but a mental condition has arisen, caught our mind's fancy, which is, it's all about me, and now, we think there's clouds blocking us off, but we're, the, we're like the cloud maker. <laughs> we're blowing the clouds up to have all these things interfere in our receiving light. Yeah. What would happen if this changed and you were on the other side? You would see every freaking cloud. They would arise, but their ability to affect you as they seem to have now would be incredibly diminished because you would be in the acknowledgement or the basic understanding all there is is light, basically. No matter how many freaking clouds I'm seeing, all there is is light from here. Yeah. From here, the clouds have a huge dominance over me. From here, they don't. It doesn't say that the clouds are dismissed. We don't care about the clouds. It's the position you're in. Yeah? And your mental state is in a position called self-centeredness. And a lot of people are in that position, and we see the ills and the woes that that condition produces in, in life. You can see it in your own life, in other people's lives. If you're in a community that has some heavy weather fronts that come under, that they come under, like alcoholism and addiction, you'll see a lot of people being dominated in their experience by these clouds, yeah? These mental clouds, like states, mental states. And the primary mental state is self-centeredness. 
which means the whole system is based on self. Where would you want to go to get relief from that system? To the system? Obviously not. If you, even Albert Einstein said you can't go to what's producing the problem to look for a solution to it. It doesn't work. So you can't go to the system. You can't use self-centeredness to get out of self-centeredness. Yeah. What do you do? Maybe question the center of the system. What? Don't, don't worry. Everyone today is talking about the periphery. You know, they're talking about one one chain of causation of its effects. Either oh that person's fucking with me and this is, so now they're the victim or somehow. But they're always off the point. They're way down or sometimes maybe they're getting a little closer. But the center of the system go there. Are you the long-lasting independent separate entity? Are you the thinker of the thoughts that are being witnessed right now? Are you the thinker of them? Do you have something to do with it, or are you more of an observer of it? Yeah. Are you a participant? Are you actually the one behind the thinking machine that's thinking? You're <laughs> How do you feel when you're thinking? I mean, is it like going to the gym? I've been extremely turbocharged thinking in this last hour. <laughs> You've got a little machine that ch- checking out your thinking rate. Oh, I'm getting up there. <laughs> no, but we assume we're doing something we really don't have anything to do with. The feeling of being the doer is a thought of the system. The thought system is producing a thought that you're the doer of it. Now it's wrapped in a feeling or a sense, but it's still when taken when it when it's stripped, it's still a thought. It's the oldest thought of all that you are long-lasting, independent, separatity. And from that thought, like an incredible Pandora's box, where that opens up, tons of other stuff comes up. And by the time you wake up, you're way down the road in its manifestation. And very rarely, it's like Dracula going out and hunting vampires. He could kill tons of them because it goes off all the investigation on him. Yeah? The oldest idea will go, oh, I'm going to have to get rid of my own ideas. But that feeling of being the one who has to get rid of their own ideas is an old idea. Why not get rid of the first old idea? And then see, do you need to work hard getting rid of the others? Because the others are all attached to that one. I've seen it. I've seen it. There's, a, there's, a, there's an attachment all the way from all the thoughts to that one thought. So why do you want to dig, get a, like a mental machete to cut through the other thoughts and try to have a, at least I can walk, you know, clearly for a day? Or get to the origination of it. Where is, where is the Petri dish that's allowing all of this to grow in? It's called self-centeredness. Yeah? Just because the mind's obsessed with it, the mind's obsession with it is just to reinforce the identification as it. Yeah? Because the identification as it is really quite flimsy. It wasn't there when you were a kid. Yeah? It wasn't. It wasn't that you didn't first wake up and think you were John. Yeah, you had no thought about anything for a year and a half or something. You were just awareness. That's why you were so attracted. You can see someone, someone who's spent $30,000 to look good, and they walk in a room, and then a little kid comes, and a little kid gets all the attention because there's that awareness. There's that lightness, yeah? They're freed, not because they got unbound. They're freed from the bondage of self prior to the bondage of self. Yeah? They're going to grow into it, pretty surely, but at that point, they're not in it, yeah? And it seems so attractive for the ones who think we're in it to see someone or something 
out of it, yeah? As long as it's a baby. If it's in a person, they'll usually crucify him or fucking kill him or something because they don't want the reminder that they could <laughs> something else could actually be going on than what seems to go on. Usually you don't like to hear that message, yeah? There's an old guy, uh, Reich, who was like a, a very trippy dude, like a psychiatrist, and he used to want to work with the orgone energy, orgone stuff. And he wrote a book called... Uh, what was it? The Murder of Christ. Yeah. Some guys told me that I should read it. I only read the first chapter. That's all I needed to read. And the Murder of Christ, he sets up the basic situation here. He says everyone's suffering from an emotional plague. Yeah. All the people. Yeah. The emotional plague is that they've they've lost what they could never have lost. Yeah. And they believe they're looking for it. Yeah. That's how, that's that's the premise. That's actually not what's going on. It's a denial of what they are for looking for it, but they believe they've lost something, which is their inherent nature, and it's causing a plague. It's making them feel irritable, restless, discontent, and they have a real honest desire to find relief from it. But in fact, it's not the case. So what they do in this milieu, they build churches, and they build institutions that point outside of the out of the trap, but have no intention of taking one outside of the trap. Yeah, it's just to make you feel easier in the trap. <laughs> so, so he says, this is what's going on all the time. So let's just let's just suppose Jesus Christ showed up. Yeah, thirty years old, he comes out, starts talking, and a lot of people, wow, this, I love this message. You know, this and that. And then three years later, the same people that were clapping for Jesus are demanding his crucifixion because he became an irritant. Because he was reminding them that they could be outside the trap. They didn't want to know they could be outside the trap. They wanted to hope that they could be outside the trap. But we had no intention of leaving the trap. And then someone came in who was freed from the trap. They liked it a lot in the beginning. It seems really like freaking attractive. But then it starts irritating it because the basic conditioning gets rubbed. Yeah? They believe they have this nobility that they would do anything to be free. But in fact, they don't want to be free. Which is fine, but it's nice to know it, yeah? So all they want is to want to be free, but they don't want to be free. They want to want to be free. So they kill him. Yeah? So that's what he called the murder of Christ. And now we're doing it every day to our children through education and this and that. There's just the death, and you can't kill the spirit, but what happens is it gets disguised. It gets distorted. So now the spirit is walking among us, but it's not noticing it. Even the spirit itself, at the point of being here, is walking among us and is not noticing it. Yeah, because what happened? Something got established, a system of thought that's the masking agent. Yeah, and it's called identification as a self, in my view. Yeah? That identification as a self needs a lot of re- redoing, reinforcing, so you have an obsession of mind about you, usually. Yeah, and you can be pictured as another. So you have an obsession of mind about your husband or your children, but there's an obsession of mind with a you. Yeah? Usually back to this you, but other yous too. In that obsession, we reinforce the identification as being a body and as being a thinking machine and this and that. And in that case, this becomes the way it is. We interpret life as we see it, which is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, progress, hope, this and that, getting better, blah, 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 blah. How has it worked out so far? Even in your own life. Then it gets turned on us. Well, I'm not doing it right. No. Maybe the formula is off, you know? Maybe it isn't going to be about doing and having anymore. 
Maybe doing having will be an expression of it, not in a way to achieve it. Yeah? Maybe you'll finally re- resist the temptation of moving on from the basic state and maybe exploring the falseness in front of it or the distortion. Am I the thinker? Am I the feeler? Yeah? I'm not denying there's feelings and thoughts. Who would? They're happening. But are they happening to me? Yeah? If they're not happening to you, you'll find out what's going on. You won't know it. That's the booby prize. Knowing it doesn't mean shit. You find out where it becomes like established and it's got substance. You have an understanding that's valuable because it's applicable every moment of every freaking day that you find yourself in. Yes? When you're riding high and when you're riding low. Something that is truly reliable has been found, like we say in recovery, an unsuspected inner resource. Yeah? And unsuspected by who? <laughs> by us. It's not unsuspected. It's there, right in clear day. It's so obvious, but it's unsuspected by the way we're looking for it. Yeah? Because we're blind to it by the way we're looking. Because we're looking in a self-centered manner. You want to believe it or not? Explore it. That's what I did. I explored the thought system. I explored how this life is being interpreted right through this laboratory every day. And uh, there's a lot to be revealed. You check it out. You'll see. Yeah? You'll see. (laughs) You'll see that the looking is part of the problem. Because your looking has already been split like a, it's like having a pair of glasses on that's causing distortion and you keep trying to go to optometrists and get some new lenses or get another pair of glasses to put on that pair of glasses to correct the distortion of the other pair of glasses yeah and you're busily trying on glasses and new glasses but you're just putting them over another pair of glasses you're taking them to be your eyes if you would feel around you'd realize it's set up it's a it's a program it's it's a it's a fabrication, how you're seeing things. Yeah? And therefore, you'd go like this, and then you go, wow! And there's finally the idea of all ideas would dawn on you. Hey, I could take them all. Yeah. And then you'd be seen. You'd not be looking for a new optometrist, another way. No, no. the distortion, you'll start seeing things as blue is blue and red is red. Things will become clear. Yeah. But most people have the glasses, they're trying to put other glasses on. They just don't feel. They won't go and question that primary sense. It's not primary. It's it's totally secondary. But that secondary nature, that mental acquisition that's been sold to us, that I'm this figure, this person that did this and did that and is doing this and doing that. Yeah. Therefore, you'll never go. You could go to a teacher and he'll point to it to your blue in the face and you won't get it. Like St. Francis, what's looking is what you're looking for. It's pointing. This, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, what's looking is what you're looking for. That's it. What's looking, looking for this idea of what's looking. What's looking is what you're looking for. What? Oh, there. But your hand's never going to go up here because it's like forbidden, it's, it's like a forbidden zone. No, no, enter there. Don't be questioning. I remember with all the looking into stuff, I, I went to India to see this teacher, non-duality teacher, Ramesh Balsakar. And he, his, one of his, well, I don't want to, par- I'll paraphrase it, this is my take on him. His main thing was to look at the personal doership, yeah? The sense of being a personal doer. 
So he would give you a little suggestion. Why don't you go back to wherever you're staying and go over an event during the day that you thought you did or something, and then see all the variables that had to happen for that to come to pass. Yeah, it was one of the hardest things to bring my mind to. It wanted to do anything other than that. I swear to God, it was incredible. It's like it usually would go to most wells that I pointed at, but this would rue. It would just rear up. No, I'll fucking go eat some. It's samosas or something. <laughs> see something. And I try to pull it back and just see where, because the assumption is so strong that you're the doer. Yeah? It's huge, huge. If you're doing talks like this and you're doing it for a business idea, don't bring that up because people are going to get very upset and they'll leave a lot. you got to sort of ease them into it therapeutically yeah, yes you're the doer but let's not do so much but if you say you're not the doer it's a fucking their, their hair and their neck goes up so you know it's a bad career choice but this idea and I watched it I watched I spent an hour and a half in this hotel room trying to bring it back the conditional mind you know just going put it back just go over the events and it, it would just just would not go there it would go there oh you're the oneness of the universe easy you would land there and make it into something you know? oh you're the, oh easy oh bliss oh yeah but no personal doer you know I may not be that no fucking way because all day everything that's happening it's being construed unbeknownst maybe to you that you are the doer you are the thinker you are the hammer. You are the basic point of relevance. Yes? As this figure. And from that point on the game board, that's like forgetting square zero and one and two and then crowning square three as the beginning of the game. When you look at the game from square three, it looks a lot different than from square zero. Usually different. The game from square three is all about you. From square zero, zero it's all about whatever. Yeah? This isn't any, we're we're not like a a summer camp where you're going to get in shape for non-duality or something. It's just an invitation. Just put it in there and have it repeated and see what it does. Yeah. And when it, if if its effects become like a broad uh, traveling lighter, not an experience, it's not an experience at all, but a broad traveling lighter, in other words, all your experiences are being affected by something. Not the experience is trying to affect your mental state, which is just another fucking experience, but another state of mind affecting your experiences. So if you're an experienced junkie, you're going to have to go through cold turkey because you're not going to get off on it like you think you are. It's not like shooting up a big shot of bliss. It isn't. It's not an experience. What it does is it affects how you see everything. Yeah? It changes the whole... It's like here, how I used to have, when I had senses of it, it would be like being in a room where everything is in its place and then the room drops about 10 feet. Everything looks exactly the same, but there's a relaxation comes over you that you couldn't get with 50 time massages. Yeah? Something just drops. You're dropping the rock, so to speak. And how you drop the rock is realize you never picked it up. There's no one ever picked the fucking rock up. The whole idea of, you ne- this escapes a lot of people. They're busy trying to drop the rock, but they're believing that someone picked it up. That's the real dilemma. Go there. Go, did I ever fucking pick this up? Am I actually really bonded? If I'm not bonded, why the hell am I looking for relief? That's the greatest freaking relief from the looking for relief. 
That's the greatest relief. The greatest relief is the relief from the need to be liberated. That's the greatest. Not liberation. That's just a fucking mental idea. But the need to be liberated, you'll find out what it means to be liberated from the need to be liberated. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you're not going to have a, you know, fuck, fuck experience, man. How many, how many collected enough? I swear to God. I've been through the um, experience emporium. I've collected fucking samples of almost everything. How you think more is going to be better? You you think you're going to if you have enough experiences, it's going to jettison you to a to a state? No, it's not going to do that. The state, it's in this. It's like in this little place of manifestation, there is like a hierarchy, a degree of hierarchy. The state reigns on the experience. The experience doesn't reign on the states in a way. Yeah, your state of mind. You may be totally in it, fucked physically or emotionally or financially, but you'll be buoyant and pretty light because your state isn't based on the experiential level. It's it's based on something else, yeah. And you'll know it by its fruits. You'll see that you're traveling well, even when you thought you never would feel good if this was happening. That may be happening, and you'll be feeling fine, yeah. We just go back to the same thing because there's no other, there's no point to go anywhere else. If you leave this point, this is my humble opinion. This is the point that keep bringing the mind back to. Get to the exact nature of things. Keep bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back. And every time when you think you've left, you'll bring a little bit of that with you. Yes. So your idea that you left it, you're not connected anymore. You'll realize a little of that will come with you. Yeah, and after a while, you'll realize things that you never would have, not by coming and going, but by just going back to the same well, same well, same well, same well, and then every time you put a, a bucket in there, you get the drink. Yeah, it never ends up. It never dries up. It's always available at all times, right where you are. Yeah, just let the mind, instead of being so outwardly oriented, let it make its return trip, you know, it's like we here, we live a life of one-way destinations, yeah this loop of self-importance so I see you, and then it goes back to the you that's seeing you, yeah, it's just a very small fucking orbit but now the interest attention can move through this, because it does it, it goes right through the mental billboard of Paul being the one, goes through gets replenished comes back. It's like the, sense of the effect of deep sleep in one. You can have the effect of deep sleep during your day. Yeah? Your attention will go back, come here, do its thing, go back into rest, come here. Instead of going like this and being uh, shortened or aberrated into this experience of boom, boom, thing to thing, 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 there'll be thing, no thing, thing, no thing. Yes? It will be the true, the, the true parameters of duality. You'll take it to no thing and no thing. And then there's also other horizons, but let's just go there first, yeah? Let the thing-no thing become a sort of a balance, yes? Instead of thing, 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 thing. When you go back in, what do you go back into usually? Your thought system, yeah? Isn't the thought system out? 
being produced by a brain, yes? The brain could be seen. If you took the brain out of the skull, you could see it. That's out. That's in manifestation. So what we're calling, I'm going to go home and think, I'm going to go in for a while. What you're going into is out, basically. You're going into a mental idea about this as being you, a thing. So you're still, while you're thinking you're going in to get replenished and get re, you know, relieved, you're really just extenuating the addiction of out. Yeah? You go here, you get in here, you don't, there's no relief here, so then you go out to distract it, and it's just like it's like a form of slavery. What would happen if your attention went in, and I mean really went in, didn't rest on you, but would rest on the being? Yeah? Find out what it's like. I mean, I think it will bring you a great relief. Today. You know? Now. The way I look at it, I just attempt to explain what we're not, because that's for me, that's what works. Yeah? That's how it worked with me. I just entertained what I wasn't, and then it's what I was started becoming a, a dominant influence yeah, in my life. Instead of trying to look for what I was from what I wasn't, I just started looking at what I wasn't and see what was... There was no one to find, but how is what I am not being reinforced all day? And I got to see a lot of it. Yeah, I had already seen it with drug addiction. All those 10-day runs on cocaine... I saw a lot of the thought system, but I didn't have the right key to open it up. It was just incredibly much more, that was exquisite slavery up there. Just, you were just totally at the, at the effects of thought as a thought. Yeah? But now that information has become handy because it allows me to see what I'm not and hopefully share it with some people as an invitation, not as a fucking study class. But the invitation is like Dogen said, to study the Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. Yeah? So in this class, it's not about learning, it's about forgetting. Yeah? And then in that forgetfulness, unbelievable knowledge shows up. <laughs> it didn't go the way my head is wired, see? My logic was very off totally off. The basic premise and logic of my system of thought is very, very off. It believes this, therefore, that. Doing, having will lead into being. All this. They're all, those premises have been shown to be totally bogus. Yeah? All they do is extenuate something that's not so in time and uh, space. So it seems like you're looking to get out of something that you were never in for a long fucking time. Why not just question are you in it? If you're not in it, the best way to realize you're not in something is the best way to get out of something is realize you're not in it. That's the best way. Because therefore it doesn't go into the in out, in out, in out experience, you know? If you if the problem is imaginary, how much more application of a solution do you need? If it's imaginary, what more do you need a solution to it? No, the solution is realizing it's imaginary. That's the solution. And the solution disappears with the problem. Because if it didn't disappear with the problem, it would be a problem. You would now be saddled with a solution that you'd have to be vigilant about and work and this and that. Yeah? No. The, per- the per- solution is only apparently important as long as the problem seems real. When, and yet the solution will, d- will produce a download that the problem isn't real. There goes the solution. Yeah? You don't need a solution. 
Therefore, you're left with what you are at all times. Undismissible, unforgettable, unattainable. You are that. You are that which is looking that can't be seen. You are that which is hearing that can't be heard. So you give up the fucking ghost. You give up the whole relevance of the system of thought and interpretation. And you find a whole new modality. Yeah? That will bleed through the old one. The old one is necessary to keep producing this movie. Yeah? But it will bleed through. Not, it's not like a new, it's not like a new thing brought to the screen, but it will bleed through the screen. You'll see the fakeness of this place. You'll see it. Yeah? It doesn't take away its beauty and stuff, but you'll realize it's only seemingly so based on you. Yeah? You're the only reality there is. How many realities have you had? I had the reality of being an addict, you know, a junkie. I had the reality of now being covered. I've had a lot of realities, but what was the unswerving, the unflinching reality of them all? Who, what was the reality of the reality of being an addict? That, I am that. What was the reality of being recovered from being an addict? I am that, yeah? I am the reality. And, I'm, and in this experience, I'm lending my reality to many things. Cocaine was so fucking important to me, seriously. I worshipped her like a goddess, yeah? I swear to God, it was my religion, shooting coke. Now, it's wholly new, yeah? What happened? How could have that been so real and now it doesn't seem real at all? Because the reality moved away from it, yeah? If I, was th if I, Paul, was shooting drugs, that reality would be as real as real can be again. Just like that. Just like that. 26 years of sobriety, if I went out tonight... Yeah, first let's pass the basket. <laughs> if I went out tonight, if I went out tonight, that reality would, be, would come down like a fucking shade. So, not because it's there, because I was in it. I entered that little experience of shooting drugs, and therefore it would become real to me. Yeah? How does it, does it have a reality? It doesn't have a reality unless I'm shooting drugs. I bring the reality to it. And then when something changes here, it's not real anymore. I never even think about any of that shit. Now something else is real. But what's the, un, what's the unswerving reality in all of those events? You and I. We're the reality, not as Paul. This is a Paul isn't the reality, but what's what's right behind the idea of Paul is the reality that's lending itself to everything here. Yeah. How could a woman that you were with for three years, who you were pretty much benignly uh, indifferent to, and then she leaves, and suddenly she becomes the source of all your happiness, and then you and it drives you to suicide? Now, how, how, did it just coincide that she wasn't the source of your happiness for three years, but suddenly, when she leaves, she's suddenly the source of your happiness, as if she's always been? Your mind lent it a reality, yeah? It lent it a reality. It saw it and went, oh, Jesus, now that I have no recourse ever to know her again, she's the source of all my happiness. So basically, if that's the case, what should I do? Kill myself, obviously. I have no recourse to get to the source of my happiness ever again. But why weren't you going to the source for three years? <laughs> it was just given, it was given meaning. You, the reality of all things, gave meaning to something. 
and it seemed as real as real to be enough to bring you to a point of you know killing yourself that's pretty fucking pretty strong isn't it and then three weeks they get over it and it was like what the fuck I almost killed myself for that you know what I mean what happened the reality stopped giving reality to it moved oh I met a new babe <laughs> reality what do you think what, what do you think's happening all day doesn't that sort of give you a flavor maybe go back I mean really just go back to the basic state of almost everyone agrees with here a subjective experience you know how miraculous that is really if you even look at it that we're at the same event yet every one of us is having a different experience of it you know some of us because of your body location others because of your emotional condition or your state this and that yeah it's freaking amazing what's going on so when we walk out of here there was an event supposedly meeting Marin City Saturday but there's going to be all different experiences of it all day don't you, you know, that doesn't tickle your wanting to go wait a minute if I'm giving meaning to everything where's that meaning coming from because I'm starting to not like everything too much here <laughs> instead of trying to change everything maybe I should look back at what's giving it the meaning because the meaning it's giving it isn't working for me too much you know alright let's go back just go back a little you know just, and, and if you're curious let it go just check it out see what's going on because if it's if you see what's going on you're going to come to a realization it's not you yeah it's going to always end up to that same realization it's always going to distill to the point of I'm not that yeah and what a fucking relief that is because if you're that if I'm this and if you're this and you're that even though I would cut I would stop funding the construction site on Mitch's life on his urban renewal project but mine will go on forever because it's about me yeah I'm always going to be working, working, working feverishly to make what I don't think is right, right and what's wrong, better or whatever and Mitch is going on and you're going on, you're going on all of this all of this energy called interested attention is going on these urban renewal projects yeah building like a house on sand it's all going to happen it's all going to come to pass it's like those mandalas we could do like they do in Tibet where they spend the whole week making this beautiful thing and then they just rub it all up because it's all this colored sand that's what life is why not stick your head up out of the sand maybe get an idea of, of what's not coming and what's not going maybe you know I would think there should be like a school, 65 or 70 or over, and just, all right, let's go. Let's, let's, let's look at the right view, because it's looking like time's running out here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've amassed millions of experiences, and shit, so <laughs> I don't know if another billion is going to really help me. Uh, and I know, she's, uh, you know... I was identified with my job, and now that I don't work, I don't feel totally purposeless. And let's go to a school. Hey, let's learn. Hey, this is just a point of transition. You're getting on. You're like going up the ramp of the mothership. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead, you go, oh, holding on for dear life. You know? Oh, fuck. It would be nice if we had some sort of system like that. Yeah. But we're all left to our own devices. Yeah. As soon as you stop being a consumer, you're pretty much fucking non-gratis here <laughs> as soon as you start getting 
advertisements for hernia belts and shit, you know you're going, they're losing interest in you, Google and everyone else. Yes? <laughs> you know, you're, not, you're not valuable to them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on the match.com uh, looking for 18 year olds I'm a 62 year old older adult come on take a swing <laughs> I'm getting a lot of hits <laughs> we can walk around with DVDs are no one would bother us at this age, you know. If I could be a big, some twenty-year-old, they'd be arrested. I said, "I'll let the old man fucking go." No one's paying attention to him anyway. <laughs> so I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's such an incredible. It's only, it's for me the only true reliability I've ever run into is the is the is the fact of my own existence here. That's the doorway I want to keep well oiled and going in. Because yeah. a lot of the other doors are going to close. I'm seeing a man now. I think I want to.